0: Hello and welcome to Leading the Debate from the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I'm your host, Matthew O'Neill. Does COVID-19 mean the end of the office as we know it? That's the question I've been putting to leadership figures up and down the country and has thrown up some pretty intriguing answers. A recent article in the FT magazine from Henry Mance took readers through the history of the office, from architect Frank Lloyd Wright's 1903 creation, the Larkin Building in Buffalo, New York, which, with its air conditioning and filing cabinets, was perhaps the earliest prototype for the modern office. He also took in the 1960s era, as depicted in TV's Mad Men, and suggested that we may now be reaching the end of the office era, as we know it. He finished with an arresting final paragraph. Quote, in 1956, William White summed up the organization man as someone who had left home spiritually as well as physically. Physically, we will now spend more time in our homes, in our neighborhoods, and perhaps return there spiritually too. There was also news that Twitter and a host of other companies will allow their staff to work from home effectively forever. So perhaps Mance's prognosis is correct. However, writing in the Parliamentary Review, Russ Lidstone, the chief executive of the Creative Engagement Group, mounted a strong defense. Quote, We mustn't lose sight of the role that offices play in building company culture. I believe that working remotely draws down on, or at best maintains, a company culture that has already been cultivated. Remote working does not enable a culture to evolve and build. Strong cultures by their very nature are created over face-to-face meetings, over an end-of-the-day beer, or a cold late-night project team pizza. They're created over disagreements and laughs, over successes and failures, and over the all-important kettle and a shared cup of tea. Over the past week, I spoke to several leaders from across the country As well as finding out about their unique take on leadership, I was able to ask them directly what role they saw for the office going forward. Here's Adam Breacher from the IT Recruitment Experts, Square One Resources.
1: This is a very interesting topic. Um, It's something that we are discussing uh, on a a day to day basis. Um, The the structure of our um, business in terms of personnel is is very much that the majority of the people we have are are salespeople. Mm-hmm. Sales people, what we've seen throughout this period, um, typically, uh, not in every case, but typically have missed the uh, interaction on a day-to-day basis with, um, with other members of staff. The, the ability to, um, it, you them know, in terms of professionally, so they can obviously ask opinion on, on certain things, which is, is kind of, it's missing. It's, it's one of the things I've noticed during uh, sort of working from home is that you, you can't, Reach across the table and, and ask someone an, an opinion very quickly, and, and kind of get a quick response. It has to be much more choreographed, as in mm-hmm. arranging a Zoom call or arranging a uh, a phone call, etc. So, so they've missed it, and as such, what we've decided that we, we definitely need to keep um, that office environment going. But what we've done instead is we've looked at how we're going to coincide that with a working from home policy. That is, um, it's far broader than what we've we've done historically. So, um, I won't kind of. Go into all the details and as such at a minute because obviously we're we, we just sort of dotting the i's crossing the t's on it but yeah we recognize that the office is still going to be hugely important uh in certain roles it's going to have much more significance than in others which might mean that how we sort of distribute the the, the, the people coming into the office might be um, slightly differently but uh, i think as well, the options to be able to work from home on a more regular basis as well uh is, is going to be there so it, it, i still i still believe it does serve a purpose um I think it gives a good communal uh, space where people can, can go and interact with each other. And I know from uh, being on a sales meeting this morning that one of my sales managers is uh, sort of, you know, is, is talking about the fact that obviously, you know, we need to continue to um, to make sure that we interact with each other as we would in the office because it's, it's fantastic for the sort of team spirit, camaraderie of the business as well.
0: Henry Clark from International Charity Mercy Ships also called for balance.
1: We have. Uh... 16 offices
2: around the world, um, some quite small, uh, and some, particularly the uh, the international servicing centre that we have in Texas, is, is uh, a bit larger. Um, I think what we've we've found in Mercy Ships is that um, together is not uh, being apart is not being um, uh, is not being a problem to us, um, and we've taken the opportunity to do a lot of our training. Um, whilst the, we have the lockdown and so on. So concentrating on that, concentrating also on uh, a peer review and reviewing our policies and practices. There's a lot you can get on with. Uh, and that doesn't necessarily mean need to be in the office. Because in the UK, we're quite a small team. We've only got 20. We've got a small office in, out of, just out of the north of London. Um, we don't see a particular need to do without that. We'll keep that. Um, it's a good meeting hub for us uh, but we have found that many of our people can work quite well from home and uh, i think we're not seeing much in the way of drop of productivity uh, and in fact the team spirit um, because of the virtual pubs and the virtual uh, quiz nights and so on that are going on to keep staff morale going the team spirit is actually very high which is great uh, um, in terms of motivating both our staff and actually it seems to rub off on our donors as well
0: while Dave Fiddler from music tuition specialist Front Row Music said, "This may be the end of his office altogether."
1: I've I've just had to move out of mine um, because it, it's not needed at the moment, and and I think moving forward, if, if the world is going a lot more online, um, I think I think we're going to see maybe a lot of people get, downsizing their offices at least, uh, and a lot of people working from home. I've really enjoyed working from home. Mm-hmm. Uh, And I know for a fact that my employees have enjoyed working from home as well. Um, And just looking at uh, what we use the office for, um, unless things things resume fully to how they were before, um, I'm not sure we're going to need an office of that size, even if they do, to be honest. So, Mm. so yeah, the role of the office is is in question, isn't it, (laughs) In in general?
0: It was great to hear the confidence from these leadership figures and their willingness to adjust to whatever the new normal may be. In his fascinating book, Rebel Ideas, Matthew Side compares the growth of Silicon Valley to its precursor, the Miami River Valley, near Dayton, Ohio. In the early 20th century, Dayton had the most patents per capita of any American city and was home to the world's greatest concentration of scientists and technicians. Side makes the case that it was the increased levels of socializing that caused Silicon Valley to catch up and vastly outstrip its Ohio rival. There were much higher levels of interaction between workers, and ideas were much more readily shared. Indeed, Steve Jobs, one of Silicon Valley's most famous sons, was consciously aware of this when he designed the office building for Pixar. He purposely put all the toilets in one central location— this greatly annoyed the staff, some of whom had to traipse great distances to use the facilities, but it was done with the aim of creating the potential for more chance encounters. Jobs literally wanted people to bump into each other, something that is simply not possible when your facilities and your office are in your own home. Nelish Shah from Black Rothenburg spotted another potentially negative consequence caused by working from home.
3: Yes, and I think it it has quite significant implications uh, in the wider economy as well. But I think if we focus on on the Offenberg first, certainly for us, the role of the office is very much a place where where people will come together. People still like working in teams. Teamwork is important for us. Uh, But also the social and well-being side is important. People like the social contact, like to catch up with their friends. Uh, For a lot of young people nowadays, the main friendships are through work. And therefore, that's a good social hub for them as well. We clearly need to carry on training and mentoring our people as well. A lot of it can be done online, but there still is no substitute for sitting next to someone when you're trying to mentor uh, them as well. So mm-hmm. clearly, it will play a part, but at the same time, it means that not everyone needs to be in the office. I think, in terms of the impact for, for us, for our clients in the wider world, obviously, concern if I look at London where we are, if we are fairly typical in thinking that 40 or 50% of our people will be working from home at any one point in time. It means of oh, a number of people who would be in London buying sandwiches, coffees, and everything else and going to the theatre, etc., all of that is going to reduce and be compressed into a time where, when they're in the office. And of course, if that is replicated across the economy, there will be some quite challenges in terms of what happens to those sort of hospitality sectors, but also mm. what happens to property space in london as well
0: rob dykes from jetmasters the jetting equipment specialist also expressed concern for people's mental health
1: the the the,
4: the, the feedback i'm getting um first of all is that, that we we haven't been in our office now for over 12 weeks apart from going in to check the post um our, our landlord uh, is being I'm pretty hard-lined about it, um, Pay the full rent or or, or suffer the consequences, which is disappointing. Um, so we are working from home. But the, the, the staff that are currently working from home, me included, um, are all of the opinion that it's all very nice to think about working from home for a short term. But after a while, you do get a bit stir-crazy. Um, uh, and um, we 're humans we we crave interaction with other people mm. i mean a, the simple act of shaking hands um is something that is 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 missed so whilst I think that there is there is certainly a place for working at home um uh, there is also a, a place for the office. Where where one can interact and have a chat around the coffee machine, um, but the I mean the other benefit of working from home, let's say one or two days a week, um, is that you're then taking the strain. Certainly in the London area, you're taking the strain off of the transport system, mm. um, uh, and also with um, with with the traffic now, it would appear in London back to more or less um, pre-pandemic levels. Um, working from home would reduce the pollution levels as well. So there is a place. Uh, for, for working from home but every day of the week to work from home i i think would be uh, a bit of a problem again one looks at the mental health of people as well you mm. you you need you need that interaction looking at somebody on the screen and having a if you like a, a conference that way um, and actually meeting somebody is different um, and we, as humans, we crave this, this human interaction. I mean, I know I certainly do. I, I, I miss the, the the simple act of shaking hands. So, yeah, I think that working from home has got a place, but I still think that the office um, is going to be there um, for quite some time yet.
0: But Paul Tanzi from B2B marketing agency Intergage took a particularly bold stance.
5: Um, I've already given notice to my landlords. So I gave notice to my landlords um, just a couple of weeks ago and said, you know, we set, we definitely won't be needing our three and a half thousand square feet offices anymore, uh, which is you a know, reasonable size for a company that employs um, 27 people. Um, we just don't need it. Uh, we're, the way we'll be working in the future means that actually we know we no longer actually need an office at all. We want one. Um, but it won't be as big. I asked all of my team um, what they thought about working at home versus how important was it to have an office because an office is part of your culture, it's part of your brand, and that buzz of being in the office is something both my team and my customers do enjoy. Um, They all said it it was important to have an office. Nobody wanted to work from home all the time. And so, you know, if you're going to have an office as part of your culture and as part of your brand, it's important that you you can – that you provide a great one. And so what we're going to do is we're going to have a smaller office, and we're going to be buying one rather than um, uh, traditionally we've rented one, which is also a step forward. And so what we'll be doing is we'll be saying to you, look, if you want to work on average two days a week at the office, we can organize that so that we need a smaller space, um, and it can be a really cool smaller space. Um, But also, there is even the opportunity that we could buy an office and share it with another company that wanted to do the same thing. And so I'm actually talking to other digital businesses about Do you fancy an office two days a week, that
0: might work. And finally, Rear Admiral Malcolm Cree from the Bar Council has found that working from home can be as productive as being in the office. He also discovered the importance of timing.
2: Well, that's a very good question. Of course, it's one we're all considering. Um, We've managed to homework very successfully. I think we lose something most definitely in terms of social interaction and the sort of offline, out of meeting conversations that go on. But uh, we will probably do more home working as a regular thing going forward. Um, Funnily enough, our office was refurbished and completed two weeks before we vacated it. (laughs) So um, we... We, we rather like to get back, but I think people are worried about uh, travelling, and I do think that people
0: will want to do more homeworking as a permanent teacher. I'm now joined by the director of the Leaders Council, Craig Wellman. Craig, what does this mean for the Leaders Council? Will we ever return to our office?
6: Well, it's a good, uh, it's it's a good question. Um, I mean, I've been personally um, amazed by how well we have. Adapted as a company um, and an organization. Mm. Um, I mean, we've a very quick amount of time. We were able to build essentially a, um, um, a stand in podcast studio in in your lounge, I think. And um, we we're able to build one in, um, Scott Challoner's, um, uh, house as well. Um, and in terms of the, uh, the quality of the recordings, I think, um, it, yeah, you know, they they sound good. So I think the podcasts have held up um in terms of the um ability we've had to speak to our Leaders Council members, that hasn't hasn't been impaired. We've been able to do that um on the phone and also because of Zoom we've actually um seen people like our Leaders Council members more regularly face to face, albeit over a computer screen um mm-hmm. than we would have in, in normal times. Um so oddly it might improve the um link between people from different organisations um and they might um see each other more often through a screen rather than talking on the phone. Um however, I think certainly for us and I, I imagine for the majority of companies, I certainly got that impression listening to um the testimonies from some of the leaders that you, you spoke to this week. Um I think it's clear that the office is still gonna 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 play a role and um we'll certainly be be keeping our um our office on Victoria Street in Westminster. Um I think you need a base for the team to come together. I think that's that's crucial for um for morale um and I think there was a um a really um uh, a a really good point made um made earlier. Um where basically, and it, it was actually not by one of the people on the um, uh, that you spoke on the phone. it was actually by Russ Lidstone who wrote an interesting article for the Parliamentary Review, um, saying that that um, you might be able to maintain a culture from home, but you're, you're unlikely to build one. I think that really resonated with with, with me. I think it's all well and good um, having the full trust of, of of colleagues that you've worked with over a number of years. Um, but, but to um, employ somebody and for your working relationship with them to be entirely from home or for there to be six members of a, of a team who never actually see each other in the flesh, I think um, that that isn't really uh, viable. So to cut a long answer short, I think, yeah, by all means, there'll be more flexibility, there'll be more team calls and more working from home, but I think the office will remain integral.
0: Now, as uh, people reduce their floor space in offices because it's inevitable for other companies who've found that this is a an easy way of working, what uh, impact do you think that this is going to have on the commercial real estate market?
6: Yeah, it would certainly um, it was certainly have one. I mean, it was interesting hearing um, Paul Tansy from uh, Intergate you know saying he's he's already let his landlord know he's um he, you know moving out of their office. A huge um, Three, I think you said three thousand square foot office um and and finding a small one. Um it's going to have um it's gonna have, have have um an issue, have an impact. Um I imagine that for the more high end um office spaces I think they'll still be highly sought after. I think people will want spaces um to have meetings and actually you might find given that um given that there'll be social distancing policies in place in um in restaurants and, and bars and coffee shops for um, for a while. It might actually make um the office um even more important as a meeting space mm. um for, you know if you if you've got a client um you you might not be so inclined to take them to a, to a restaurant um or a bar. You might want to bring them to your office because they'll, they'll be feel more relaxed there. Um so I think in for the high end market um it should probably um, probably do do okay out of this, um, but yeah, I, I imagine um, at, at, at the lower end of um, of offices, uh, office blocks, we'll, we'll see more and more uh, probably be converted into um, into residential properties, which some might argue wouldn't be a bad thing. In um, that it um, you know it would help with the um, help get, get people onto the housing market and you know make more housing uh, available. Um, but yeah, we've also got to be wary of what um, Niles Shah raised, which is the fact that if you do decrease, let's say, by even 50%, um, the number of people who are working day in, day out in the city, then that will have a knock-on effect to, for the uh, the restaurants and bars and um, hairdressing and everything else within that area. Um, mm. Will will that be made up for by the burgeoning of, of restaurants and bars in the in the suburbs? Well, um we'll have to wait and wait and see um uh on, on, that, on that regard in that regard.
0: Absolutely. And if more work is being done remotely, how do you think that this will affect leadership?
6: Yeah, I think it will have a big effect on leadership. I think I don't really know what the answers are to that. And that's something that we're researching and, and trying to um to find out as part of uh, as part of the Leaders Council. Um obviously uh being visible is very, very important. Um for a leader, um, and I think um, a lot of leadership, um, particularly in, in the office, is, is done by, you know, wandering around uh, the, the office and, and um, talking to people, finding out how they are, mm. gauging their body language and things like that, and seeing um, what work's being done, and being there for people who, you know, if, if they need a, a quick word. Um, that it, 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 that that's why I don't think we're going to see us moving to an entirely um, uh, remote working. Um, environment um but but yeah i think um if, if anything um it means that the that the the director or the ceo the, the, the person who you know it, it becomes the leaders council member um essentially their role is going to be they're going to need even more of a of a bigger picture because they won't be able to rely on line managers who can feed back to them about um someone's you know someone's body language or an event they've seen in the office. They'll, they'll need to be to really have um good metrics and good um systems in place that can audit everything and, and um check what everybody's up to. Um and so I think it's gonna be a huge challenge for um, all of our Leaders Council members. Um and hopefully they can um they they can step up to it.
0: Well, thank you, Craig. Hopefully that will be the case. And thank you to Adam Breacher, Dave Fiddler, Henry Clark, Niles Shaw, Roy Dykes, Paul Tansey, and Rear Admiral Malcolm Cree. That was leading the debate from the Leaders' Council of Great Britain and Northern Ireland. I have been Matthew O'Neill, and I'll be back tomorrow with more one-on-one interviews with leaders from across the country. Thank you for listening to our podcast.